And so how has it changed my faith? I think it's just given me a faith that can't explain the hard. But what I can tell you is I've watched God enter into the hard. And that's amazing to me. Sheila Doctor, I think we've got to start with Annie Fuego because the fans are demanding it. The internet has cried out. We need to hear the story. That is so funny. For those who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about your alter ego? Is that a fair way to describe her? Annie Fuego? Oh, yeah, who sure. is she? Um I knew I, well, first of all, um, I know that I've arrived with Annie Fuego when I got a text from a parent over the summer that said something cool happened to their child, and they responded with, Annie Fuego, cutting out, whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, no way, that's awesome. <laughs> so that's how I know she has a little personality. But um, she actually came to be during during the whole distance learning, I was racking my brain thinking about how I would keep a bunch of first graders engaged with me and wanting to learn and wanting to continue to put forth their best efforts. We always say, um, honor God with your best. And I just, you know what, it, I was thinking about how would I put forth my best efforts. And my husband is a science teacher at Calvin Christian. So first of all, you just need to know any good idea that I have, I've usually probably stolen it from somebody else <laughs> or I um, I truly can't keep credit for any of this stuff. But Todd is an amazing teacher and he was doing all kinds of cool science things with his kids. And so I would watch what he would do and for a long time I would just teach like the same lesson but then when it got to explaining the science of the of the lesson um, I would have him help me. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so when the, the Annie Fuego video that went viral, um, he said he would do this with me, but he wouldn't talk one bit. It was the first one with the, um, there was like, it was balancing with fire and with different densities and um, trying to get these two flames teeter-totter. We are here to remind you today that learning is so fun. I'm going to be teaching you something with fire today. I want to show you something. And I have my assistant with me because you should not ever, ever, ever play with fire by yourself. And I'm not playing with fire. I'm going to show you a science experiment with fire. <laughs> that that video, um, he said, okay, I'll help you, but I won't say a word. And if you watch the video, he doesn't. He doesn't speak at all. He just, like, nods or does different gestures, which actually makes it so much funnier. And I just start explaining the science behind what's happening. And, yeah, it ends up being pretty funny, but mostly because I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't believe it. Yeah, so it works out. The kids laughed. They loved be watching her. Um, she has this red wig, so and she always wore this black shirt pretty much so that the green sh screen would show up behind her. But <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, I... Um, I have blue stains on my carpet because of her. We were doing an experiment that you had to put like food coloring in milk and I spilled it everywhere. After you could just bl up. blame Annie for anything. Uh, I know, Annie created <laughs> so, many, so many messes in my home, but she actually 
kept a lot of kids engaged, so it worked out. That is awesome. I remember anytime I was on Facebook, I'd scroll down and be like, I wonder if Andy Fuego has oh, a new yeah. video up. I did not post all of her videos, so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Oh, that was such a blast. I mean, what a fun, creative way to get kids engaged in a time that was challenging for a lot of people. Thank you. I mean, going online, it actually made me rethink a lot of what I do in the classroom, and I, I honestly feel like distance learning made me, in some senses, a better teacher. It made mm. me think deeply about what matters and what's important and how do I keep kids engaged. And even now, I'm taking much of what I've learned and carrying it over as I'm in person with kids. Mm. So it's it honestly was um, beauty from ashes. Mm. Oh, I love that. So Sheila, tell us a little bit about, for those who don't know, what do you teach at Helen Christian? First grade. So I'm a first grade teacher. I... Um, I've been doing that. I think it's my 25th year teaching. Oh, wow. I know. How many kids is that? Do you know? Oh, I have, years? Oh, I have no idea. I do know this. When I asked, this is the first non-high school interview we've done. Okay. And when I asked, who should we talk to? Sheila Doctor was the resounding answer from faculty, students. That was who people wanted to hear from. For real? Yes. Okay. Honestly, that is so humbling. <laughs> That's the sweetest thing. Sometimes I think, um, I can't believe they let me do this job. And, like, I really mean it. <laughs> Sometimes I think, I, I can't believe I get to do what I do. Um, but we laugh a lot. And um, somebody told me a, a long time ago that people – don't care so much about what you teach them. They care a lot, though, about what how you make them feel. I'm just happy to be in front of kids and next to kids. And I love the piece of just shaping their minds and hmm. molding their hearts. That's probably what grabs me most about my job. Hmm. Um, Can I ask it this way? What do you hope they love after being in your first grade class? Oh, yeah. What I hope my students love the most after being with me is the Lord. Um, my prayer is that they would see him reflected in me. Um, above my desk hangs a, like a big painting, and it says words on it asking that, um, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in God's sight. Hmm. And when I walk in the morning, um, I open the door of my classroom and walk in, I look at that and I pray that. I hope that it's not me that kids walk away remembering. Hmm. Oh, I got tears in my eyes saying hmm. that. I think it's just because it's so meaningful to me. Hmm. So Sheila, tell me a little bit about your family. I've had the pleasure of having some of your kids in the high school, but tell us, give us a little snapshot of, of who the doctors are. Oh, thank you. First of all, I love that my kids have sat beside you and in oh, front of you. Thank you for kind. doing what you do. Oh, thank you. Oh, I'm so grateful. Todd is too. We just are so blessed by the partnership. I have three kids. So my daughter, my youngest, Elena, is a junior this year. And then I have two girls that graduated um, a year ago. I have two biological kids, Jillian and Elena. And then I have a daughter, Tilly, who joined our family from the Congo about five years ago. Hmm. So three girls I'm blessed to yes. call mine. So cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Todd, my husband, is amazing. Um, if you know him and you're listening to this, like you know he's quite a remarkable man. Well, one day we were at a leadership conference together, and we came home from that conference, 
And he said to me, I really believe that we need to adapt. And I thought, oh, shoot. He doesn't have any boys. He wants a boy. (laughs) But that actually wasn't the case at all. He said, no, I really want to adapt um, a teenage girl. Hmm. He was so broken at this conference by just the plight of women in our world. And God just spoke direct to his heart and felt that he heard, this is where I want your family to go. Mm, But I was at that same conference, Brian, and I did not hear any of that (laughs) from the Lord. (laughs) So I sort of was like, what? I mean, I was just shocked by those words. But I really trust Todd and his leadership. So I um, started praying about it. And I started meeting with people. Um, I met with people who I trusted. I prayed. I asked God for wisdom and direction. And honestly, over time, probably like a two-year span, God 100% got my heart ready. Hmm. So much so that I was even like excited. Like I knew this was the path we were supposed to go down. I was riding in the car one day, and on the radio came this announcement. It still plays sometimes, and it sounds like... Bethany Christian Services is looking for loving families that would please sponsor refugee youth, something like that. Um, did you like my accent? That was good. <laughs> so you thank should do you. commercials. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get and, phone calls after this. Yes. And I thought, what? I don't know what. The, it, it actually said refugee resettlement. And I thought, what is refugee resettlement? Like, I didn't understand what that was. But I also have walked with the Lord long enough to, like, hear his prompt. So two weeks went past, and I still was just thinking about this advertisement that I heard and thinking about refugee girls. And so finally, Todd and I were sitting on the back deck one one morning having coffee, and I said to him just, Todd, what do you think about bringing a refugee daughter home? And he looked, like, right at me and said, yes. And I thought, what? And he, like, he had such a long pause before he said yes. But um, he went on to tell me that God had spoken to him separate from me. And he had already been to Bethany's website. Oh, get out of here. Uh Uh-huh. And he had watched two of the introductory videos. So then that very next week, we set up our first appointment because neither of us knew what it was. Mm. And then we went through the whole process of becoming a foster family for a refugee daughter. That's how Tilly joined our family. Um, we literally picked her up at the airport with signs and balloons. She didn't speak one word of English. Oh, wow. um, you don't become a refugee without walking a really hard story. Mm. So someday I hope you get to hear Till's story. It's phenomenal. But um, I think what you would walk away knowing is Tilly had parents who knew and loved the Lord. And um, they trained her heart to know him and... She accepted his love, and she has never wavered from um, holding fast to her faith. Um, it's beautiful to me. She, she's remarkable. She's so filled with kindness, and she's so genuine. For a while, I thought I was going to ruin her being her mom. <laughs> <laughs> she is just such a kind person. Mm. 
she so she fit right in she didn't know one word of English when she came I mean like hi and stuff but really she spoke no English her language wow. is Kenya Malenge so she had so much to learn Helen Christian was amazing for her because nobody really knew what they were doing including me but she graduated from Helen Christian and everyone that taught her probably became a better teacher because you just had to do it a little bit differently than how you've always done it. But it was really neat to see a whole community surround her and surround our family. And now she's at Cornerstone. Mm. She's in her second year there. Um, Jillian just had finished a year at Beautiful Gate in Africa. I think she watched just our, our hearts be broken for the things that break God's. And she wanted to be a part of that and so she did that in her own way serving at an orphanage there and then I know though that part of that came out of having Tilly in our family Mm. so I know that those were just some of the beautiful things that God did in the life of our kids I know Jillian Jillian and Elena are um oh they've been amazing sisters Hmm. and Tilly's been an amazing sister back. It's really cool to watch. Like, I can't believe, I mean, my yes was sort of like a kicking and screaming yes, and yet God still honored it so beautifully. Hmm. That's cool to me. How has Tilly joining your family, Sheila, how has that impacted your understanding of who God is? Oh, that's a great question. I think Tilly joining my family has helped me to... Help me to see that God is a God who is a God who really does create beauty from ashes. I mean, Till's parents are not alive anymore from from a war that just struck her village one day. Um, and so everybody runs and everybody tries to tries to live. And there's been amazing people who helped Tilly to live, but her parents, um, they joined Jesus that day. Their homecoming was mm. in heaven. And I would think that that would just wreck a child. And I'm sure in many ways um, it will be part of Tilly's story forever. And sometimes, like, I think, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad she's mine. But then I also think, wow, so much tragedy happened for her to become mine. I mean, the wrestling of emotions. Mm. Um, so I lay all of that at the feet of God. And I say, I don't understand, but I know you're good. Um, and so how has it changed like my faith? I think it's just given me a faith that can't explain the hard But what I can tell you is I've watched God enter into the hard. And that's amazing to me. He has never left us short of his goodness. Um, So that doesn't mean like tragedy hasn't happened or hard things haven't come to fruition because they have. But I've always seen him in the midst of it. I think that's the type of God that we serve and the God that I love. Um, So I guess I have more questions than answers at the end of it all, but they all 
rest on God's work on the cross being the consummate answer to everything that's broken in our world. Um, his finished work there really is what, I guess it's what brings me hope. Amen. Amen. Hmm. Sheila, you are one of the, the most compassionate, soft-hearted people I know, and I'm just imagining as a teacher, I almost wonder, and I'm just guessing here, but is that sometimes a double-edged sword when it comes to caring for kids who are especially hurting? And maybe my question is this, can you tell us about any significant challenges you've experienced as, uh, as a first grade teacher? Uh, um, one of my favorite things to do is to walk us alongside of kids when they're hurting. Um, I often say to kids, and more even to parents, because because I'm a first grade teacher, a lot of times I'm walking with parents so closely in partnership mm. in helping to 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 really partner in raising their kids. Um, I'm humbled by that role. It's it's honestly um, it's honestly so humbling. I don't have a better word for it. But I've learned some things along the way from raising my own kids that most of our good lessons don't happen on the days that are going well for us. Hmm. Most of the things that we hold on to and remember happen on days that are tricky or hard. So, yes, there's been some really hard days in my role as an educator. Um, one that comes to mind was the passing of, a, of one of my students, Caroline. Um, I, I loved that little girl, and I taught her in first grade, and then um, actually I taught her and all of her brothers, so I was pretty close with the family. And I'll never forget, she, um, she was battling a brain tumor, and I'll never forget the call that came in from her mom one day. Um, I had just finished teaching, and she asked if I would speak at Caroline's funeral. I said yes. And then I hung up the phone. Oh, I'll, I'll cry, I think, again if I <laughs> tell this story, but I'm just going to. Um, I hung up the phone, and I just thought, what on earth will I say? I don't, I don't have words that would be adequate to describe how I feel about this little girl. And I don't have words to talk about the depth of the tragedy that I feel in my heart. I was left again with more questions and answers. And um, I remember going for a run that evening. And what I often do is I'll like play a podcast while I run. And um, so some of yours have shown up, Brian, on my queue. <laughs> so thanks to everybody who's participated. Um, so next on my queue, I just thought, I'll just play what's next. And oftentimes, God would speak to my heart as I was listening. So I just put the next sermon up, and it was a sermon on Esther. And I remember, like, just praying, all right, God, do what you normally do because I need words. And I started running, and um, it was a really good sermon, but I wasn't feeling any prompts like nothing God wasn't giving me one thing to say at Caroline's funeral and I just kept running and kept running and I the sermon finished and I still had nothing and I remember falling to my knees and just sobbing saying you have got to show up 
just crying out to God and begging him and telling him that if he doesn't show up, um, I won't have anything to say. And I remember even telling him, there will be a lot of people at this funeral and your words need to come forth. And I just was like crying. And when I yelled that line at him, like your words, and I remember saying, I don't have any. And he said back to my heart, yeah, you do. You actually have Caroline's words. And I remember yelling. If anyone was around me, they would have thought I was crazy. <laughs> I yelled, where? And he reminded me that we do these faith writings and that they are in a file cabinet at school and that Caroline would have had a faith writing from first grade and second grade and third grade. And so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> So I got to school early the next morning, and I opened up her faith writings, Bryant, and guess what was staring at me? Mm. A picture of Esther, which mm. was my sermon. Um, the In kindergarten, children are prompted to write who what their favorite Bible story was, and apparently Caroline's mm. was Esther. And um, her writings were beautiful and so I held that picture of Esther and it was just such a holy echo of God saying I'm with you um, when you cry out to me I'll enter into the pain and the brokenness and time and time and time again God has done exactly that he's done it in Tilly's story he's done it in my story he's he's done it in this story with Caroline, God walking with me through the heart, preparing my heart for what he wanted to be said at her funeral. Um, so yeah, he doesn't, I don't think he causes the brokenness, but I think every time if we allow him, he enters into the brokenness and he walks with us through the pain and the hurt. And I know that, um, I know that God was honored through what Caroline wrote, her words, um, as we celebrated her homecoming that day. Mm. I think Caroline was totally prepared for such a time as this. It's not surprising that Esther at all was her favorite Bible story because she had a big job to do, just like Esther. Mm. I mean, she was so brave and so courageous through her whole fight. So I think when you ask about like walking through hard times, like honestly, I can't, I can't put words to how my faith has been shaped through walking through hard times with my students. Mm. Oh, Sheila, yeah, man, and that that's that's why I, I am in this as a as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. Can you think of a better? Uh, I'm just thinking, you know, I teach part of the Bible where there's this polytheistic neighborhood where they believe in many gods, uh, you know, Israel's neighbors do. And I just think of all the different characters when you study the ancient Near East, you know, the, the way these gods are described and, and the way you're describing the one true God, the God who we know and love. I just think of it in that contrast of, of the, the self-motivated gods of the ancient Near East and think, man, this God, there's just nobody like this God. And, and I, I'm hearing your love for him as you talk about not the easy, fun, good, happy times, but as you walk through challenging times, hard, broken, 
the valley of the shadow of death, and yet this is our God that he walks with us. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he is so present, and I just love that about him. Hmm. Oh, Sheila, I'm so grateful for your time this afternoon when I thought about who's the first person outside that kind of that high school or administrative tier to interview part of this Holland Christian family. Uh, you were my first thought, but I asked a couple people, and your name <laughs> came up in every conversation. You're someone who, who loves people really well, and it's, it's hard not to spend time with you walking away feeling like, man, <laughs> she, she made me feel like I mattered and I'm special. And I just can't imagine you doing that with your students. I, I don't, I honestly, I love words and I don't know how to respond except for <laughs> I'm incredibly humbled. My, um, my biggest prayer is that people would see Jesus in me and it's not because I have my act together. I, I just hope they see Jesus in me through like the way I treat them. Um, and so that my name would come up makes my heart f- feel blessed. I, you've just encouraged me. We're having our fourth daughter in yeah. October, my wife and I, so I can't wait for all my girls to have you as their first uh, grade teacher. <laughs> seriously, that would be the best. <laughs> They're rascals, though, I'm warning you. <laughs> I love you're, the you're rascals. have your hands full. <laughs> the ones that make my hands full usually have a huge place in my heart, so <laughs> that would be perfect. Uh, oh, I would be honored to teach your kids. Partnering with parents is the best. Hmm. I mean, I, I, we have this, I, I always, you know, my mom was a prayer warrior and she would always be praying by the side of her bed on her knees. And my dad too, they would be on their knees. And I would always be wondering what they are praying about. And hmm. sometimes for so long, and I remember holding my firstborn and I looked at her and I thought, oh, I totally know what my mom was praying hmm. all those years. And I think it was just that, that her kids would grow up to know and love the Lord because that is the most sincere wish of my heart as I held my firstborn. Mm. I just wanted her to grow up to know and love the Lord. And so to partner with parents in walking with their children is the best part of my job. There it is. That's the best part of my job. (laughs) 